we uh, are continuing this series called The Song of My Heart, and kind of diving into the depths of the song. And for so much of us, um, we understand that the Bible is God's Word to us, but the Psalms, I think so much of the beauty comes because it is humanity's heart poured out to God. It is humanity tries in some way to relate and speak to the divine. And for most of us, it's something that we find difficult to relate to someone so high and Lofty and so far above our thoughts and our mind and our ways and our hearts. And these songs, I think, give so much passion to what we want to say as we speak to God. So this morning, uh, I want to share with you a song that's uh, a song that I've loved for the past several years. I've never really spent the time to learn it, so I just figured this would be a great time to do that because um, I love the beauty of this song. And as I said last week, if you weren't here, um, if you have your Bible open and you're ready to take notes and follow along, I would love this morning if you just shut back and just listen to these words. Um, allow these words to seep deep into your heart and allow them to transform and change who you are from the inside out. This is from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold for my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will remain confident. One thing, I ask of the Lord, this only do I see, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and seek Him in His holy temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling place. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent, and He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And in his sacred tent, I will make sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear me when I call to you, Lord. Be merciful and answer me. For my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me or turn your servant away in anger. For you, O Lord, have been my help. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So teach me your ways, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn your servant away Lead me in straight. Oh, sorry. Like I said, I'm still learning this one. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your ways, Lord, and lead me in straight paths because of my oppressors. 
Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. Wait on the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait on the Lord. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have forgotten who you are? And I don't mean just forgotten your name, but really forgot who you were. And my guess is if you have had one of those times, the other side of it looked pretty similar to this. I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just said that. That is not like me. That is not who I am. For we've come out on the other side of the decision that we've made or something that we've said, and we look back and we think, that is so unlike me. And at the core is this problem, this disease that I think plagues all of us, that plagues the church. And it's this, it's identity amnesia. It is forgetting who we are. It is forgetting the core of our identity. And here is the problem with identity amnesia. When you forget the identity that you have been given vertically, you will search for it everywhere horizontally. When you forget the identity that you have in Christ, you will start to search for it everywhere else. And so we try to find our identity in the things that surround us. We try to find our identity in our spouse. And let me just say this, your spouse could be the greatest person in the world. They could love you. They could respect you. But when you seek to find your identity in another person, you are making them a Messiah. And that is a terrible burden to place on anyone in this world. Because it is a burden that they could never possibly live up to. Your children are incredible. But we put so much emphasis and weight on them. And we see in them our identity. And we try to find ourselves in them. And we seek to place them as trophies on the mantle of our character. Thinking they define who we are. Your job. Your job is important. And it's great. But it is not your identity. What you do does not define who you are. And the reason so many of us struggle in our work and in our jobs and we, we continue to search for something that will fulfill is because we're trying to find identity in something that could never give it to us in the first place. Your possessions. All that we acquire. All that we think we need are a terrible source for identity. 
And anywhere we go to search for identity outside of Jesus will constantly leave us unfulfilled and searching for something different. Because when you lose sight of that identity you've been given vertically, you will begin to search for it everywhere horizontal. And this psalm is a psalm of trouble. As David the psalmist writes this, you see this conflict within his soul as the enemy surrounds him. And he continues to remark about how God has taken care of him and God has blessed him. Most theologians believe that this psalm was written in the middle of a time in David's life where one of two things was taking place. First, David was on the run from King Saul. And he was hiding in caves and trying to save his life. And Saul was pursuing him with all of his men. And here's David crying out to God. The other time is when his son Absalom wanted his throne. And if you are in a monarchy, the only way that you get to that throne is to take out the person who is currently seated on it. And so David is fleeing for, for his life and his enemies surround him. And this psalm begins with theology. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's interesting. If you were to talk to Easterners and Westerners about who God is and ask them to describe God, most of us here in the West, if we were to say, who is God? You would say, God is love. God is kind. God is good. But if you were to ask this, someone with this Eastern mindset, who is God? You would hear things like, God is my light. God is my rock. God is my shelter. God is my fortress. God is my deliverer. That they would describe God. And here's what you get is this understanding that God is His light, His salvation, His stronghold. Which makes perfect sense, right? You say God is a shepherd. God is light. God is a fortress. God is a deliverer. But I think in our search for a correct theology, many times we come with this incomplete theology. Because David does not begin this psalm with God is light, and God is salvation, and God is a stronghold. There is a very personalized understanding. It is God he is my light. God, He is my deliverer. God, He is my fortress. God, He is my salvation. And so many times we get picked up in this grand scheme of describing who God is that we miss that He is mine. And that because He is mine, He has redefined who we are. He is giving you this new identity, this new name, this new sense of being. And he points out that 
here his enemies have gathered around. His enemies are surrounding him. The wicked that advance against me to devour me. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will remain and, and several of David's psalms take into account the enemies. If you go back to the 23rd Psalm, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It interceded at this table, and the enemies surround us. They are all there. They are watching our every move. Those enemies and foes that surround you every single day. Anger, fear, and anxiety, and lust. They have not left your side. But it's not that they are going to disappear because God is there. But God will be the refuge in the storm as they bring their attacks, as they bring their malicious accusations against you. God will be the one who is our life, who is our salvation, who is our stronghold. He will be the one who shelters you in the storm. And so much of our life is a search for significance. To feel like we matter. To feel like we belong. To feel like we have a purpose. Trying to discover who we are and turning over every rock we can find to define what can never be defined. Anyone. Anything. Other than God. I wonder what are the places that you go to find your identity. Hoping that this time will be different and they will give you a sense of purpose that you never had before. Because when we lose sight of the identity that God has given us vertically, we will begin to search for it everywhere horizontally. And so he says, one thing, one thing I ask of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but if the wicked were advancing against me to devour me, if an army was besieging me, if war was breaking out against me, there are a lot of one things I would ask. That the ground would open up and swallow them alive would be the first one. But what does David ask? David doesn't ask, Lord, open the, the, the ground and swallow my enemy. He asked for his identity to be found in the one who gives life. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His holy temple. One thing I ask that I can dwell in His house 
and that I may look at the beauty of the Lord. I think so often we get so consumed with trying to be correct about who Jesus is that we forget simply that He is beautiful. That He is the radiance of God's glory. Have you lost sight of your first love? Have you forgotten how beautiful Jesus is? And that above everything else that you could search for or want or seek, and everything that you could look to find your identity in, it is the beautiful face of Jesus that gives radiance and light to this world. It is Him who is light, who is our salvation. It is Him who we find our identity in. And His beauty is Stunning. See, his beauty does not just simply define who he is. His beauty redefines who you are and who I am. His beauty calls us a child of God. His beauty and majesty are what we worship. His beauty and majesty is what takes our breath away. His beauty and His majesty is what makes us creatures who worship a risen Savior. And this beauty that redefines you. All that God has given. And His beauty that this world sees is given to you by His grace. Fully freely. As I was reading through this psalm this past week and trying to just allow it to sink into my heart, I wrote a point. I've never written a point. I don't know if it's any good. I don't even really know if it is actually a point. But I'm calling it a And I hope that it will be a blessing to you wherever you are. I know there are times. Times you stop and take long looks inside. Times when you are confronted by the ugliness inside. Times you fight to clean house and present a pristine front for all to see. We know if we can just convince our mind, we can change. We can have a fresh start. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. We can leave the addiction, evade the anger, break the grip of greed, leave lust behind. But here we are again, back at the starting blocks, making the same promises, but this time with more resolve, more willpower, more earnestness. Like hamsters on a wheel, we seem to be going nowhere fast. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. 
We seek to systematize our sanctification. We create sets of rules and regulations, hoops to jump through, all well-meaning but still insufficient. We rely on our intellect saying, God, I want to understand you. While all the while our heartbeat has simply been to see His face, to know Him, and to fall head over heels in love with Him because He is beautiful. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. The rules and knowledge are not bad. But they will never change your heart. But that was never their first, their purpose in the first place. They were only meant to shape your heart. Try harder, run faster, keep going. This time will be different. The lie of the garden still rumbles deep within our soul. God is holding out on us. There is knowledge, there is goodness, there is blessing, and God is keeping it from us. To find it, we have to look elsewhere. There, that tree, that road. That way, let's try that one. We try only to encounter another dead-end road. Yes, death lies at the end of that road too. Surprised? Absolutely. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. We knew for sure that this tree, this road, this way would be different. This tree would fulfill. This road would lead to something better. This way would give me purpose. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. He must be holding out. Fight. Fight to work yourself into His favor. You can never be good enough, but you can get close. Close enough that He can get you the rest of the way. That is the message we got. It is an exercise. An exercise in futility. Try harder, run faster, keep going. This time will be different. We quote and memorize the 23rd Psalm. We know it by heart, but we never actually take it to heart. We never truly hear the words, Surely mercy and love will follow you all the days of your life. We needlessly assume it's a gift that only accompanies death. But the problem is it was promised in life. This life. Not just the one that is to come. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. Mercy and love have not left you. They are not outpacing you so that you must run faster to catch them. No, surely they are there. Following you. Pursuing you. Running after you. They have never left your side. You need no longer to give chase. Stop running after them because they have been running after you the whole time. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. It is our battle cry. Stop. Turn. And they will run into you. You strive to be good enough, but you never will. But then again, that's not why Jesus came. He came not to make you morally perfect, but to look into the face of moral imperfection and say, Father, forgive them. He came to give you a new name, a new birth, a fresh start. But still we cry, try harder, run faster, keep going. This time will be different. He came to save you from yourself, from the lies you believe. God is holding out on you. God could never be pleased with you. God needs you to be right so that you can be right with Him. Lies, all lies, straight from the pits of hell. The 
the deceiver, the accuser, the Satan. Satan has never stopped spouting malicious accusations. At first, it was no big deal. But over time, you started listening to them. You are a liar. You are a thief. You are an adulterer. And over time, you started to believe them. They started to seek into your soul. It must be who you are. And as their shouts became louder, it drowned out the whisper over your shoulder. You are loved. You are a child of God. And He is pleased with you. Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. You think you have to have it all together. You try to be what everyone else wants you to be. Still you fall short. You see in the mirror every morning a self. A you that is scared and scarred, bruised and hurting, yet somehow clinging to the hope that today might actually be different. Try harder, run faster, keep going. This time will be different. And you have convinced yourself that no one can truly love you as you are. You see insufficiency, inadequacy, and imperfection. You see garbage, but I see the beautiful face of Jesus shining on you, calling you, loving you, never letting you go. He is your light. He is your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Try harder. Run faster. Keep going. This time will be different. Please hear me. It is a mirage an illusion, a fantasy, a lie. Stop listening to it. Stop running after it. I promise this time won't be different. Just more of the same. Stop running after and chasing after what has been there the entire time. Stop assuming there is still so much you need to do to be worthy of God's grace. You belong. You are loved. You are a child of the King. No need to try harder, to run faster, to keep going. You see, if you stop, I can make you one promise. This time will be different. And who gives you your identity? And who gives you your worth? 
And who gives you your value? It's not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not your job. It's not all the other rocks and stones we turn over trying to figure out who we are. It is from Jesus and Christ, Jesus alone, that you are called a child of God. As John says in 1 John, look, look at the love that the Father has lavished upon us. That we would be called children of God. Yes, that is who we are. This morning I just want to tell you, if you've spent your life running, if you spent your life searching, there is one who calls you His child, His beloved. And He has freely and beautifully poured out His grace on you. And there is no need to keep running after what you already hope this morning is that you would simply receive and see what has been looking you in the face the entire time. Beautiful grace Jesus. Father, we try so hard thinking we need Father, I think your message for us is simply, no, you don't need to do more. You simply need to fully embrace who you are. And Father, we know We know that we find our identity. We find ourselves in you and you alone. But Father, everything around us calls to us, it tugs at our heart. It convinces us that we're not worthy. It convinces us that there's so much more. It convinces us the same lie that Adam and Eve believe that God, there's something there that you have not given us. That you're holding out. Father, we know deep, deep within our soul that you aren't. That you've given us every blessing in Christ. That you poured out His your grace beautifully on us. And the beautiful face of Jesus shines on our life. Father, may we find our Christ Christ. May we look into the beautiful face of Jesus. And be consumed love for Him that changes who we are. Father, may we hear these words this week. You are loved. You are a child of God. And He is pleased with you. 
Let that be the heartbeat of our soul. Let that be what defines us. Let that be the proclamation that you are our Messiah. Father, you trust you even when it seems it is difficult. When the wicked advance against us. When the armies besiege us. When the war breaks out against us. Father, we will still remain confident. You are our hope. You are our hope. You are our deliverer. You are our salvation. We praise you in Jesus' name.